0: Welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast, powered by Sarda. I'm Cliff Hickman of the Kent Repository, and I'm joined by Joe Scalzo of the Rep. And we're reviewing Friday night in Week 11. The playoffs have finally arrived. And, Joe, you got a belly full of the playoffs tonight. <laughs> uh, McKinley 29, Solon 25. You were over at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium and what was a pretty exciting game.
1: Yeah, I'm going to call it the best game of the night. And, and at least in the Stark County teams, and um, McKinley is down twenty-five, fourteen with about seven and a half minutes left. I thought they were dead, um, and then Elijah Wesley uh, plays out of his mind the last uh, last seven or eight, eight minutes, and hits Terrell Dilworth for a fifty-one yard touchdown to get him within three. Um, he actually, he actually uh, hit the two point conversion as well, and then uh, they get a big stop on defense. Come down, Lamir Garrett scores. That's a big pass play by by Wesley and, and, uh, defense comes up with a big fumble. You know, someone tried to lateral it, uh, you know, last, uh, last play that they had and they ended up fumbling and DJ Garrett ended up pouncing on it. And, and, you know, it's interesting. One of those things, um, you know, they, they were over two on uh two point conversions and they also, uh, missed an extra point. So instead of it being, you know, something like, 30 to 29, you know, 20, you know, even if they just get one of those extra points, it's a three point game. You don't have to be gambling in the last minute. And and it's just those little things that can caution the playoffs because they had to score a touchdown and they couldn't. And and, uh, McKinley moves on.
0: And what were just some of your takeaways? We talked about this going into the game how the loss last week might affect him but it seemed like uh, everything was right on track
1: yeah well it's funny because they they had like a bad opening offensive series and then like solon went down and scored i'm like oh, okay here we go and uh they they you know then they took control of the game and and uh you know i i you know the two players that stuck out to me because lamir garrett's always good but elijah wesley when he is on and he's playing well they're they're a dangerous team and um you know he he was just i think he was four or five for like 128 yards over his last seven minutes or something like that so and then manny powell their sophomore defensive lineman uh he had 12 tackles he had two sacks he he you know, kind of drew a monster holding penalty in the last drive. Um, he, you know, he's a guy I wrote about this week, and and uh, he, you know he's probably going to be a big time Division one prospect when when his career is over. But you know, he probably played the best game of his career tonight, and and uh, you know they just had some some big guys step up, and they didn't play perfectly all the time, but you know they just have playmakers, and sometimes when you don't play very well for eight straight plays, one guy can just a race at all with one big play and and that's kind of what they
0: did tonight Absolutely, and then you you mentioned Elijah Wesley. There was a scary moment there early in the first half where mm-hmm. I saw your tweet that he went out of the game, and I saw Lamir Garrett was warming up <laughs> yeah. on the sideline, and just uh, what happened there. Well, he he got um, he
1: kind of mishandled a snap, and uh, I think the snap was a little bit low, and then then he's trying to pick it up, ended up getting hit. I think on his hand, and I think his hand may have got hit with a helmet, and and so he kind of like you know limped off the field like holding his hand and uh so yeah he he was out it was right before the first half ended and, and lamir garrett's you know, we're watching him on the sideline he's taking like shotgun snaps and he had run like a like a wildcat play tonight so i mean he, he'd he done it before but <laughs> that's not what you really want to do in the in the first round of the playoffs so came back in he was he was fine by the next series and and uh you know he, he's a guy that uh you know, like I said, he, he's kind of the X factor for them because they have really talented wideouts and guys that can make plays. Um, but he can be a little bit hot and cold with his accuracy, and, and when he heats up, boy, they're they're a, they're a scary team. Sounds like he was on fire down the stretch when yeah. it mattered. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the other thing that's funny, and I'll, we'll probably have this later on, but I asked him about, you know, playing menner last year in the week in week two, um, and he was just, you know, a JV player at that point. And he, remembers, he said he remember being freezing, and I was like, do you ever think this time next year you might be the starting quarterback in McKinley in the second round of the playoffs against Menner And he's like, yes. <laughs> So he's a confident young man, and uh, well, that's what you want as a head coach. You <laughs> want a guy that wants yeah. that moment. So yeah, and I, I mean. <laughs> you got to have guys that want to play better because they're pounding everybody. So
0: you don't want anybody that's afraid, but that's a tough matchup next week for McKinley. All right. We'll move on and take a look at some other games in a moment. First though, the Friday night, Ohio podcast is powered by Sarda Sarda providing over 5,000 rides a day for work. Sarda provides over 2.4 million rides a year. Sarda takes you to work, school, medical appointments, and more. Sarda, where can we take you today? And Joe our second big game of the night, uh, kind of a heartbreaker for Jackson. Mm-hmm. They end up falling to Euclid 28 to 19 and Just a a lot of stuff did not go the Polar Bears' way tonight. They were able to come up with three turnovers inside the Euclid 28 and didn't get much out of it. They got a a field goal and turned it over on downs a couple of times. and Then down the stretch, they they get a touchdown and, and the extra point falls short for them and they ended you know end up 28 19 instead of 28 20 yeah and that just kind of changes the whole complexion of things
1: yeah and i I mean i'm sitting in the press box kind of following that game and you see him score and i just think like that that had to be pretty deflating that missed extra point because suddenly instead of being a a one point or one possession game now you got to score two again you know and it kind of gets you closer but um, this This is a good effort from Jackson, and I, you know they they 've had a you know, kind of overachieved this year i 'm sure they wanted to you know to win this game and it looks like they made enough plays defensively to do that and, and holding Euclid to twenty points is really good because they scored forty nine on on McKinley in week three that tells you what kind of team they have and um, just, you know, couldn't make enough, make enough plays tonight. And I think that drops them to, to one and nine all time in the playoffs. So I, I, I kind of, when I watch them, I always think of them as kind of a really good division two type team. But when you get up in that division one, it's tough, it's tough, you know, especially, you know, up in the Cleveland area, um, it's, it's a different animal and, um, you know, so they did a lot of good things tonight, but, you know, just couldn't, like you said, couldn't punch it in when they had those opportunities, uh, in the red zone.
0: And then Euclid came up with a long punt return for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And to start the second half, they got a 75-yard run for a touchdown on, yeah. like, the first play from scrimmage. So it was just, like, weird stuff like that. Like you said, otherwise, the defense played a, a really nice game and gave them a chance to win this, but just a, a couple of things. Yeah, and, you know, Euclid's got
1: – they've got some dudes, man. they, they got, you know when you when – you, they, they got the kind of guys you expect to see from a division. One playoff team for the so to hold them to twenty eight and you know you give up a couple of big plays and you're killing yourself but they you know they they you know played well on a down to down basis and probably well enough to win defensively and um, but you know that's kind of been the calling card for Jackson they have to get it done just, you know defensively this year because they rely a lot on the Ethan Atkins and then they you know they set up you know some play action passes to Jake Ryan, but they don't have those dynamic guys that can score from 75 yards out there. You know, they're a team that needs to put drives together. So um, when you, when you miss some opportunities down there, you know, that's that, that they can't happen because they just
0: don't have enough of those dynamic playmakers to overcome that. Like you said, though, great season for Jackson, yeah. and they probably went further than I think a lot of people thought they were going to go coming into this year with a sophomore quarterback in Division mm-hmm. One and in the Federal League. But just a great year by the Polar Bears. Yeah, you know, it's funny
1: because I heard, you know, covering all year, I heard Tim Budd mention several times that they were pick to go three and seven i just was like scratching my head i'm like there's no way that someone thinks their program is in too good of shape at this point and they have too many athletes and too good of coaching to go three and seven but lo and behold i asked on twitter this week and jake ryan sent me a link from highschoolball.com i've never heard of it yeah i've never either but um you know they said that they project as a three and seven team and and uh you know it's just a guy that's trying to cover you know a way bigger area than you know you can um you know i think it was like all over northeast ohio but um you know that that's catnip when you're a player and somebody disrespects you like that um <laughs> you can use that to kind of fuel you all year and and I'm sure they did. I mean, I, I I think I probably would have said like six and four, or maybe. That's seven what three. I was going to yeah. say. I would have said above 500. <laughs> I didn't think eight and two. I, I I'm you know I think they had lost too much, and so um, good for them to go eight and two. But uh, but you know that. <laughs> If there's anything that's clear, it's that Tim Budd has got that program going at the point where they're going to be in the top half of the federal league. I think for for years to come.
0: Yeah, I think you're. You mentioned it. You just chalk up that there's going to be some great games between Jackson, Hoover, Perry, McKinley. Those four yeah. programs are in really great shape right now. Mm-hmm. Well, the Goodwill Drive to Victory returned for the 2019 season. Fans were able to donate clothes and housewares at donation trailers set up at sites. Those donations will be sold in local Goodwill stores and support employment programs for people in our community with disabilities or other barriers to employment. Donate stuff. Help your school. Help your community. And we're going to take a look at our third game of the night, the Perry Panthers and the Hudson Explorers. Perry comes out with a 37-27 to 27 win and sounds like uh, some big gambles in that game for mm-hmm. Perry. Yeah, I think they scored on a, a pass play on the last play of the first half. Yeah, they could have gone for a field goal and... Uh, Josh Keith Lemon. Wakefield yeah. not only waves it off, but throws a pass to Josh Lemon, who is wide open in the end zone. So, man, that's a gutsy call, and it paid off big time.
1: Yeah, you know, and, it, and to a lesser extent, they did that against Lake. It had been kind of a competitive first half. They scored right before the end of the first half, and then they scored right after getting the ball in the third quarter. And that's a lot of the reason a lot of those coaches defer, because they like that option, um, and they can kind of just turn the game around. But, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Keith Wakefield, even though he's conservative, he does take shots every once in a while, which I'm sure is because he knows that they're, they're kind of like a high reward type deal because nobody's going to expect it. But, um, it, it, you know, that that cuts him in the driver's seat. Suddenly, like, you know, you're where you want to be when you're a You never want to be behind. You always want to have that lead because you wear teams down and kind of lean on them in the second half. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's a strategy that definitely paid off this week, and Perry is moving on to the next round. So a lot of of stuff to talk about there. Uh, Uh, First, we'll remind you, though, that the Akron Children's Hospital Friday Night Ohio Game of the Week will continue next week. The live stream broadcast in partnership with iHeartRadio will be on FridayNightOhio.com and the Friday Night Ohio app. Uh, Be sure to stay tuned to this program for more information on that. But the other half of things, Joe, I'll go ahead and let you get to it. Um, so you know, we
1: mentioned Josh Lemon. Um, he was a guy that injured his hamstring in the first half against McKinley in week nine. Uh, didn't play last week against Glen Oak. He comes back this week and plays. Vinny Scurry didn't play last week against Glen Oak. He's their Division one play offensive lineman, defensive lineman, um, plays both ways, and he came back. Um, so you know, they needed those two guys. They don't have the type of depth to, to survive that. Actually, I don't know that. Maybe teams would be able to survive those two guys in particular. But um, you know that was huge for them. And and uh, you know it, the, the small thing that you look at is with Glen Oak being down, you can afford to not have to like you know test those guys or stretch them out. They were able to just kind of give them the week off, and that's the advantage of having a you know a, basically a playoff game. Locked up at that point, and you're playing a team that's you know a little bit struggling, and and I just wonder how big that was for them if they if they would have had to play a game against a really hard opponent last week to get into the playoffs, maybe it's a different story. But they're able to rest those guys, and they're healthy for tonight.
0: Yeah, they, these guys definitely played a big role in that win. That's for sure. And then looking at a team Perry's probably going to see next week, uh, we talked about the rematch from the regular season, Maslin and Warren Harding. Same two teams, similar result. Tigers win this one 55-0. Yeah, and it sounded like, just following along,
1: it sounded like Harding had some opportunities Um but uh, they couldn't score. They couldn't get in Maslin territory. They had turned over on downs or something or turned the ball over. Yeah,
0: early on they did get a, yeah. a break inside Maslin territory, but nothing came of it. And, and,
1: and you know, the, the, the first game was 49-7. I mean, that's a credit to Maslin. But at the same time, Warren Harding should never lose to Maslin 55-0 in the playoffs. You know, you kind of wonder what's going on there. Um, But, you know, Maslin has a way of just... Obviously, the first game, they took it to him, and I think they got deflated and and thought, okay, we can't compete with this team. So, um, you know, I think for more, there's going to be some people that are unhappy because that's a proud city with a huge football tradition just like Maslin, and I I think people are probably going to raise some eyebrows over that score. Um, you know, you make it to the playoffs, but at the same time, you want to be competitive. Uh, from the Maslin standpoint, I mean, they just keep rolling. You know, they, they got tested last week, and then they came out here and just took care of business, and, and I know that... There's, a not, there's not a lot of love lost between the communities of Perry Township and, and Maslin. So, some good build up. And I'm sure there'll, there'll be some social media stuff going on and online stuff too. So,
0: Yeah, there'll be some people watching that from afar with heavy interest, I think. <laughs> and, like you mentioned, a uh, tough loss there. Sometimes when that snowball gets rolling downhill mm-hmm. on you, it can be tough to stop. That's a good segue into our next question. Exactly. I did that on purpose. <laughs> uh, the Alliance Aviators. Uh, my alma mater, we said they're taking on a, a tough task this week against Hoban. And the result is kind of, uh, unfortunately, what we thought it might end up. Uh, the Knights defeat Alliance 69-6. to And it was tough right from the beginning. First play from scrimmage, Hoban gets a pick six, and it just went from there. Yeah, and and you know
1: we talk about Warren Harding. Shouldn't they should be competitive with Maslin I, it, at this point? Alliance is a Division three program that just got bumped up for a one year stint in Division two. I mean, although technically Hoban's Division three and got bumped up, yeah, I think, sure, but, yeah. Yeah, but in got,
0: a very different way than Division three. Yeah, you look around their roster: Arizona State, Michigan <laughs> State. You know, it's just Alabama. There's mm-hmm. an incredible collection of talent on that Hoban sideline. Yeah, and
1: you look at the competitive balance multiplier; it's much. Bigger for uh, Hoban than it is for Alliance. That's bumping up into, into Division Two, but um, I think Alliance is probably just thrilled to have an EBC victory or title this year, go into playoffs and, and build towards next year. Because I think
0: we, you know we yeah really, they had lot they lost their entire line. They mm-hmm. survived. I mean Brandon Alexander, their starting quarterback's gone. They whether all these injuries still end up with the EBC title. I think that's a great season. Yeah, right. yeah. And I mean the less we say about uh, tonight's game, probably the better. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) Sometimes you just got to put – I mean, they were already talking about getting in the weight room. I think this is behind them. They're moving Mm -hmm. on to next year, which is uh, probably one of the better things you can do in that situation, unfortunately. Yeah. And then just to wrap things up, Joe, some other scores from around the area. Uh, New Philadelphia, 31. Kenston, 28. That was kind of a thriller. Mm -hmm. Uh, New Philadelphia scores with about 20 seconds left to take the lead. Kenston, though, gets it down to the New Philadelphia four-yard line but can't spike it before time expires. Oh, wow. So So, the Quakers hold on for that victory.
1: Yeah, and they're a team that went from having, like, I, I don't know, like, maybe some state championship aspirations and they lose their best player baron may their quarterback last week against dover he's injured i think he's out for the year and so suddenly you have to kind of scale down your your uh, aspirations so i think this is that probably felt so good after this you know they go nine and one they could have probably been 10 and oh if he stays healthy and you think oh we're going to get ousted in the first round and then come and find a way to win that game it's got to be pretty awesome for for new philly
0: fans and then in our fastest game of the night, this one flew by. Chardon took out Dover twenty-eight to fourteen in the first round. Yeah, I'm a little surprised by that. I thought Chardon was pretty good. I think I, I think they may have. Taking it to Canfield earlier this year. Well, since? they definitely got Alliance. Or I think that was the thirty-five. Oh, that was who it was. Uh, yeah, that was the game I'm thinking game. of. And that was that was. I think that's when uh, Dylan Bagerra for Alliance, who was their punter, got injured, and they had like yeah. two block punts, and it was just kind of a, you know, one of those fiasco type situations where it's like, and the backup punter was injured too. That was a whole whole thing. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff Alliance was dealing with this season. Yeah, but uh, you
1: know, maybe I should been surprised because of what they. I mean, even with all that stuff, that that's a, that's a
0: good team though. Yeah. They always, I mean, every even under ideal circumstances, that's a tough team to beat. But I'm going to say
1: this, and we've picked on Tuscaroras County a little bit this year, but Dover's schedule is not great, you know. And it's, I feel like they, you know, they drop Lake. You know, you want to get in the playoffs, you want to compete with the best teams. You, you got to get. He, he, they did have a you know a game against Steubenville.
0: I think they did. You know they did. The well, this win. is like the this is not the first time this has happened in the first.
1: Yeah, round. they're struggling to get past the first round. They had that nice. Last run. year,
0: you had the team come up from Columbus. As I think they may have been the eighth seed last year. and Dover's the one seed and came up and knocked them off. So, so you know you gotta. <laughs> You can't drop Lake. You know you should be looking to boost
1: your your non league schedule. I know that you want to get into playoffs, but they're at a point where like you
0: think their aspirations might be a little more than
1: yeah. They don't need to just they don't the need, they're not Malvern, you know they're, exactly. They they can look to 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 do a little bit more and and set their expectations a little higher. And this team wasn't going to stay title regardless, but yeah, you look at that twenty eight fourteen, you know i don't know i think maybe the schedule had a little bit to do with it
0: yeah that's definitely a possibility just like there's a possibility our twitter mentions are about to get uh, torpedoed <laughs> here after this show they're gonna get tornadoed <laughs> tornadoed torpedoed <laughs> uh toppered, whatever yeah. you want to call it and then finally in the highest scoring game of the night this one was crazy i mean the the Computer was just blowing up all night. The phone and the (laughs) Fort Fry 48. Dalton 39. I was wondering if they were going to get to 100 combined points. They slowed down near the end finally. Yeah, what was the halftime score? it was a pretty it was pretty high, right? I think it was 28-28. It was, it was pretty crazy. I mean, they were just going back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's like two guys toe to toe just exchanging <laughs> in the middle of the ring there and Sometimes those smaller division games are a little bit fun that way because yeah. you get like the best
1: players stand out like a lot more than they do at the division 1 and 2 level and they can make some big plays and they're just running around and and, uh, yeah, <laughs> you can you can have some of that stuff.
0: But that was uh, a nice season for Dalton. That was a team that had a rough year last year. Their former head coach comes back this year and gets them right back to the playoffs. That's, I think, a, another mm-hmm. case of a really nice season for the Bulldogs, something they can build on going forward here. Yeah. I agree. Well, that's uh, that's about all we got tonight. Uh, we'd like to thank you for downloading and listening to the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by Sarda. Sarda providing over 5,000 rides a day for work. Sarda provides over 2.4 million rides a year. Sarda takes you to work, school, medical appointments, and more. Sarda, where can we take you today? This is a podcast from the Canton Repository Sports Department. Look for our next episode early next week. For Joe Scalzo, I'm Cliff Hickman. We will see you then.